Are you ready? Let's go. Now circling in the neutral zone. Here's the pitch on the way. 36 yards for the win. This. Here comes a big chance. The shot is. Is this the dagger? The neutral zone. Oh, oh my God. This is as good as it gets. The neutral zone is brought to you by the Ontario Para Network. Follow them online at onpara.ca. Now, here's your host, two-time Paralympian, Rock Richardson. What's going on? It's time for another edition of The Neutral Zone. I am indeed your host, Brock Richardson, and The Neutral Zone is sponsored by the Ontario Para Network. They focus on growth and development of wheelchair basketball, tennis, and rugby in Ontario. Coming up on today's program, we continue part two of our series on the Para Pan Am Games. Today, we focus on the idea of individuals who are there to compete with their team at the Para Pan Am Games, but they may not necessarily qualify for the Paralympic Games as an individual. We'll explore more of that topic in a little while. Plus, then we're going to talk a little bit about the World Junior Hockey Championships and what may have gone wrong for Team Canada and preview the upcoming NFL playoffs. Let's get into our headlines for this week. Neutral Zone Headlines. 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 Another World Juniors is in the books, and congratulations to Team Czechia for winning the bronze medal in a thrilling 8-5 victory over Finland. The team scored six unanswered goals after trailing in the game 5-2. Team Czechia also scored four goals in 50 seconds, which sets an all-time World Junior Hockey Championship record. We also want to congratulate the gold-winning team, the United States, who had a fantastic tournament against Sweden, the host country, and Canada finished its tournament in fifth place, unfortunately. And the 2023 first overall pick, Connor Bedard, became the youngest player to ever be named to an all-star team. He will possibly represent uh, the Blackhawks in the 2024 all-star team, uh, which will be held in Toronto, Ontario. Uh, we know now that he's been placed on the injured list with a jaw issue, so we're going to wish him all the best in his recovery, and I hope to see him uh, there at the All-Star Game because with him there, it will always be a little bit better. The Professional Women's Hockey League continues to make history. Ottawa and Montreal competed in the opening week of the league and set a record of most fans to attend any professional women's hockey league game at 8,313 total fans. Then a few days later, Minnesota hosted more than 13,000 people to their game to then set the record for most people watching a professional women's hockey league game. It's going to be fascinating to see that league take off because they certainly seem to be hitting the stratosphere already. Earlier this year, Golden State Warriors center Draymond Green was suspended after punching Phoenix Suns center Yusuf Nurkic in the face during the Warriors' 119-116 loss on December 12th at Footprint Center. On Saturday, it was announced that the 33-year-old Green had been reinstated by the league after sitting out only 12 games. The league said he demonstrated his commitment to conforming his conduct to standards expected of NBA players. Later, in a bizarre move, Green stated on his podcast that he considered retirement, but that Commissioner Adam Silver actually talked him out of it. 
he said, quote, I told him, Adam, this is too much for me. This is too much. It's all becoming too much for me, and I'm going to retire. And Adam said, you're making a very rash decision, and I won't let you do that. We had a long, great conversation, very helpful to me, very thankful to play in a league with a commissioner like Adam, who's more about helping you than hurting you, helping you than punishing you. He's more about the players. I would like to think that he is actually reformed, but given his history of transgressions, I just don't know that 12 games was long enough. I would happen to agree with you. I think um, 12 games is an interesting number that that's the one that they chose, but I think they should have put some kind of uh, suspension number on this to start with and then say we're going to reevaluate him once we get to whatever threshold they decided. So what I'm suggesting is instead of saying we're going to indefinitely do this, you could have put a uh, 25 game suspension if I'm just picking a number and you could have said we're going to reevaluate this uh, and see where we go from here. And that's what I would have rather them do rather than just say, oh, we've seen what we want to see and move forward. Cameron, any thoughts on Draymond Green and what he's uh, done and now been reinstated? Yeah, um, I think he has, uh, you know, in my unprofessional opinion, um, definitely has some mental health challenges that uh, he's dealing with. Um, you know, to do what he did and to hit somebody, um, get suspended. I think it's been about 12 games that he hasn't been playing, coming back and then saying he wants to retire. Um, to me, it just shows that he's kind of out of sorts um, by doing what he's been doing and then saying that he's going to retire. Um, you know, maybe it's just a matter of he's very passionate um, and he just kind of flies off the handle um, and then is able to come back down to reality. But um, yeah, I, I just hope that uh, he becomes in a good mental uh, health state and that uh, he's able to play the basketball that, um, you know, he's done for so many years and done it so well. So those are your headlines uh, for this week. And of course, you heard from Josh Watson and Cam Jenkins, who are my co-hosts for today. If you want to get a hold of us on social media, here's how you can do that. And welcome back to the Neutral Zone broadcast booth. Play ball! We're set to get this ball game underway. The first pitch is brought to you by Brock Richardson's X account at Neutral Zone BR. Strike! Pitch and a strike. Hey, gang, why not strike up a chat with Claire Buchanan from the Neutral Zone? Find her on X at Neutral Zone CB. There's a swing of the chopper out to second base right at Claire as she picks up the ball, throws it over to the first base for a routine play. Oh. And fans, there's nothing routine about connecting with Cam and Josh from the neutral zone at neutral zone Cam J and at J Watson 200. And the neutral zone is brought to you by the Ontario Para Network. Connect with them at ON Para Network. Follow them online at onpara.ca. Now that's a winning combination. So in part two of our conversation, we're going to be discussing this whole idea of athletes who may have gone to the Para Pan Am games and they may have qualified their country, but they may not 
qualify themselves as individuals because in team sports, there's this whole idea of equality in sports. So I wanted to start this conversation by talking about this idea that everyone deserves an opportunity to try out for a specific team. But what do you guys think of this whole idea of everybody needs an opportunity to have a tryout in order to make this equality and fair sports situation? Let's start with Josh. Well, on the surface, I don't have a problem with it because it gives everyone a chance to to compete and it gives the country a chance to bring the best team forward at the time. Having said that, however, I can't help but equate the situation to that of the able-bodied Canadian men's basketball team as an example where you have a bunch of guys who play domestically and play in small leagues around the world coming together and giving up their time to uh, compete for Canada and get us to the Olympics, only to then lose their spot to a bunch of NBA players who come along and go, oh, we've already qualified for the Olympics? I'll come. That's where I start to have a problem with it because then the guys that got you there are not necessarily the guys that that get the fair chance to come back. So if we bring it back to Parasport, we might have a situation where some players in, say, Ice hockey, just off the top of my head, might say, oh, no, I, I can't make those tournaments because of X, Y, or Z reason. And they may very well be legitimate reasons. But then other players take their place, the team qualifies, and now all of a sudden those players go, oh, we made the Olympics? Great. I'm, I'm available. I can come. And because they are potentially better players, they beat out the players that got you there. So it's it's kind of a catch-22, I guess. Cameron? Yeah, I think the people that got you into the Olympics or the Paralympics should be the ones to um, compete in the Paralympics. Um, Josh makes a great point about the basketball, um, where you can have certain basketball players get you into the Olympics, and once they qualify, how is that fair that NBA players or whomever, um, because they might be available now or they didn't want to do the work to get them into the um, Olympic qualifying. Um, how is that fair that all of a sudden they get to go just to help the team out? I think it's wrong, and I think whoever got you there, um, whoever rode the pony, should uh, you know keep riding that pony and uh, get into the Olympics. So if, Cameron, if I'm reading between the lines, as I like to do as the guy who facilitates this conversation. If we're looking at the situation and saying Canada wants everybody to have an equal opportunity to, to you know, make a team. And, you know, as, as Josh mentioned, if somebody comes in, does a nice job, they should be recognized for that as well. But do you yourself, Cameron, think that this equal opportunity can create a disadvantage to the country as a whole. And let me let me preface this, because what I mean is, does it create a disadvantage if you say, we're going to pick this person, this person, this person, and we're going to 
get rid of person number four and we're going to add in a person number five. Do you think that creates a disadvantage to the camaraderie of your team because of this equal opportunity situation? 100%. Like, I don't know how else to say it more seriously or um, more firmly that, you know, if you end up getting a player that goes on the team that ends up being better, um, then, you know, you use the example of player four and player five. So let's say player five is added to the team, um, but they didn't get them there to the Olympics. How is it fair to the player number four that did their blood, sweat, and tears, might have had a really good tournament to get them into the Olympics, that all of a sudden they have to sit on the bench because somebody came along and says, okay, well, now that you're in the Olympics, you know, therefore, you know, they're going to play. And if you end up taking somebody off that team just because somebody else is better than them and they didn't end up qualifying to get them into the Olympics, like you're that that would drive a like the that would just drive a wedge between all of the players and um, having your teamwork and camaraderie and all of that. I think it would just be destroyed. Um, if somebody comes on that's you know better but didn't get you into the Olympics, camaraderie would be destroyed because there would be a lot of bitterness. Is camaraderie, Josh, more important than, say, uh, a player who comes in and totally shoots the lights out, seems to be playing at their peak of their game, and you say, no, based on camaraderie and based on who, as I'm reading what Cameron is saying, who earned it, this is the decision we're going to make. I think it's very dicey because on the one hand, the team that made the Paralympics won the spot for the country. They have a, a glue and a gel and they've gotten used to playing together as a unit. You can bring somebody in who's who's doing incredibly well at that time. But what happens if you then get to the Paralympics and that person's gone cold because they just they had a week that was incredible? Uh, I think you have to look at a body of work for a player. Uh, I don't deny that every once in a while a, a phenom comes out of nowhere and yes, they deserve a spot on the team, but you then have to make sure that you have enough time to work that person into the lineup, into the rotation, so that they have the camaraderie that you are potentially messing with. I mean, we've seen numerous instances over the years of teams of stars being brought together, and there's no chemistry. They're all centers or wingers or whatever the case may be and so they're all used to doing the same job and you ask them to do something different or play on a different line or play a different role and they're lost so it's it's very tough how is it equal opportunity if you end up getting a player that wasn't able to qualify and then all of a sudden you're putting them on the olympic team and then taking away from somebody else that got you there. How is that equal opportunity? That is not equal opportunity, in my opinion. Yeah, and I think the baseline 
of it is it's equal opportunity so that everybody has a chance to make it. Do I agree with you 100% that it's not actually equal opportunity if that person, you know, takes your spot? Yes, totally, 100%, because it's not equal opportunity. You've done your blood, sweat, tears, and all that, and yet somebody's going to take that particular spot. What I'm going to say is going to be one of those things that people are going to go, huh? Because it's not going to make sense. But I'm going to preface it, and I'm going to tell you that I almost feel like it's better that you don't qualify to an extent because when you have a second chance opportunity as they do in wheelchair basketball and wheelchair rugby in goalball, this was the last chance qualifier. So the women qualified, the, the, the men did not sadly. So there will not be a men's Canadian representative. When you don't qualify in the sports that have that last chance tournament at another location, aside from the pair of Pan Am games, you're bringing that team that you're saying, this is the best that I can give you. They're going to go to this event a month, six weeks ahead of the, the Paralympic Games, whatever it is, and we qualify, we run with that team, or if we don't, we don't have a spot and the team doesn't matter. What is your guys' take on the idea of what I said about it being, quote-unquote, better not to qualify at the Parapan Am Games if there's a second chance event. Cameron, start with you, and then we'll go straight over to Josh. Yeah, I sound like a broken record, but like I said, it's not fair. If you bring somebody in where somebody else has done tremendously to help you get to where you need to go and by replacing them, that is not equal opportunity. Josh? Yeah, um, I, I guess I'm still kind of trying to understand how that might work. Um, maybe I misunderstood. Um, but essentially, if if your last chance tournament is very close to a Paralympics or an Olympics, then I'm not sure why you would change the team or have a qualifier. You wouldn't. That's that's what I'm saying. So it's better it's better better quote unquote mm -hmm. to say we're not going to qualify at the Para Pan Am Games because then there's not that whole you know having to go through the selection process and maybe picking somebody. Whereas if you don't qualify, mm -hmm. then you do the whole process over again anyways, and then you go over to the to the to the games, and some would argue burnout and so on and so forth. Proceed with your thought there. Yeah, I, I don't think it's ever a good thing to say it's better not to qualify. It's always good for a country to qualify for a Paralympics in a sport. Period. Full stop. Where it gets dicey for me is this idea of... 100%. Having a, or putting a team together that that didn't qualify. That's That's the sticking point for me. So if... If you've got a situation where you've put a team together and they've gone to a last chance tournament, they've won it, they've earned the spot, and they go on and, and compete at the Paralympics, I have no problem with that. That's perfectly fine to me. It's this idea of maybe your world championship or your qualification time is 
six months, eight months, 12 months ahead of the Paralympics, and you then decide, well, we're, we're now going to draft or, or we're now going to have a selection camp for our Paralympic team. It's like, well, why? You have a perfectly good team here. Why, why do you have to change it? Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. Canada is one of the only... Um, some situations in the United States have the selection camp, but Canada is the only sort of country where you have to have this selection camp uh, scenario because of the equal opportunity, because of that. And so when I would go to events in different places and people would say, oh, we qualified, you know, last um, last summer and we're going we're gonna to work together for a whole year, we would all look at each other and go, we wish and we wish for the reasons of like we don't have to go to the the selection camp we don't have to put more blood sweat tears stress because there is more stress on top of a selection camp than an actual event because some people look at it as well if i don't make the team i'm not carded and i'm not getting financial you know stability and some people really truly rely on that so we would look at other countries and be like, man, we wish we were in this situation and we're not. And it's really unfortunate. Uh, thoughts from either of you, if you have any, Josh, I heard you say, mm -hmm. so I'm thinking there might be a thought there. Yeah, I, I can definitely see how it, how it can affect the carding and how that is relied upon by, by athletes. So from that standpoint, I, I can see that. Um, yeah, I just I I I agree with the like the stance you were taking there. I think if you end up, um, you know, going to a tournament and trying to qualify for, let's say, the pair of Pan Ams, and let's say you don't do it, let's say you don't qualify, um, and how many is it a four-year cycle for the pair of Pan Ams, or what's the cycle? Yes, four years. Yeah. It's the same as the Paralympics. It's just the year before the Paralympic Games So for the summer. If you don't end up winning with that team and qualifying, I can see why within the next three years or whatever that cycle is, why they would try to put together a different team and maybe have some of the same people yeah. on the team, but having different people um, to try to... Because obviously your team wasn't good enough to make it to the pair of Pan Ams. So I can see why they would try to get some other players to then qualify for the next cycle, whenever that cycle is. Um, but if you qualify with a team mm. and you make it to the pair of Pan Ams for that, you know, whenever you qualify, whether it's in year one or year three, you should take that team to the pair of Pan Ams to in order to qualify for the Paralympic Games. Yeah, I think Cameron and I agree on that. So let me let me add another wrench into this situation. Let's say, for example, <laughs> um, uh, let's pick let's pick Greg Westlake. Okay, Greg Westlake was a Paralympic gold medalist in the sport of para ice hockey. Okay, Greg Westlake um, gets injured. And they say, okay, we have to qualify our team for world championships, okay? And they don't use Greg Westlake mm -hmm. for the qualification of the world championships, 
but then that person qualifies right. them. So do we use the same argument to say, well, this person qualifies? We know Greg Westlake is theoretically a step above the person that qualified, but they qualified a team. So what do we do, Cameron? Whoever got you to the dance, you take to the dance. Unless I will make one exception. If it is due to some sort of health reasons, like being on the injured reserve list, then I would say that it is okay to then put them on the team because they were hurt at that point in time. But if they just didn't be part of that qualifying team because they wanted to spend time with their family or they wanted to eat burgers at McDonald's or like whatever the reason is, then no, they shouldn't be part of the team. Um, because, yeah, like I, I'm a, just saying the same thing over and over again. You go with the team that got you to the dance. And, and I just want everyone to know, I am listening to what Cameron is saying. And I know he's a broken record, but I just wanted to add the point about, okay, but what happens if you have a person of skilled or Greg Westlake? And there are Greg Westlakes in every sport. There, there are the people that have the top of the game. And so what do you do with that? And, and I think there should be some sort of caveat with while well, they were injured. But having said that... I gave you the caveat of health reasons. Yeah, exactly. Having said that, then it's a hard line to walk, Josh, and say to the person that was in Greg Westlake's spot, you were on this team, but we're, we're putting ahead Greg Westlake because the same argument can be made, but I was here doing this. So what are your thoughts and what do you say to that athlete if we're all in agreement of, like, how do you walk this line? It's a very fine line. And I think you have to know the players that are on your team. If there's a player who looks at, let's have some fun here. Let, let's pretend that somehow I managed to qualify for a pair ice hockey team. I'm pretty sure that if you tell me, hey, we're going to the Paralympics, but we have to cut you in favor of Greg Westlake, I'm going to look at that and go, well, he is better than me. So yeah, I understand that. I think you're a better person than I. If I help that team get to where I want to go, <laughs> you're a better person than I am too. I don't care if it's Greg Westlake or Wayne Gretzky himself. I helped to get the team there and damn it, I'm going. Well, that's that's entirely fair. I guess I'm just saying that you have to know the makeup of of your team and perhaps when you are qualifying you you let people you let the team know that you know these players are injured we will be trying to work them into the lineup when they are healthy and so at least then it's not such a blow so okay cameron let me let me work your 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 thought process are you really trying to antagonize me today on today's show with all your questions brock <laughs> i am and i'm i'm enjoying it but it makes for good conversation so let's continue let me workshop your your idea here you right. are Cameron Jenkins, and you qualified the para-ice hockey team, team for yes. the Paralympic Games. And Perfect. you took the spot of Greg Westlake. And you know yep. you know that Greg Westlake is a better hockey player than you, correct? Can we agree 100%, on this? 100% he is. Okay. 1,000% he's better than me. So, so, so I'm the coach of this para-ice hockey team. 
and I know that Greg Westlake is coming coming back. And I say to you, look, Cameron, we know that you were a part of this qualification process. We're gonna put Greg Westlake back on this team. Uh, but but here's here's where I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a bit of a nod. Are if I said to you as the coach, Cameron, we're putting Greg Westlake on the team. We're going to add you as our extra player. What's your response to me? So you're going to add me as water boy. Correct. So my question would be, was it due to health related reasons as to why in this scenario, Greg Westlake was not able to be on the qualifying team? Yes. Okay. And like I said, if it's due to health reasons and he wasn't able to compete, that's just like any professional team where they're on the injured reserve. You have other players stepping up. And then when the player comes back, they end up playing. So if it's due to health reasons, no problem. But if he's on a three-week vacation skiing in the Alps, and that's why he couldn't do the qualification tournaments, then there's no way in HE double hockey sticks that, as far as I'm concerned, that he would play because he ended up choosing his skiing in the Alps compared to being on the qualifying team. So... In essence. So what do you got now, Brock? What's your next we, question? We are learning that Cameron <laughs> Jenkins we, we are learning that Cameron Jenkins would accept to be a water boy if it was due to health reasons. Hundred percent. Because that's the way I got one more for you. That's the way professional sports works. What else is in the toolbox? <laughs> Actually, I'm not even gonna ask you my last question because I know the answer. We're just gonna move along on this whole Topic. That's probably best. Uh, yeah. I've had enough of this discussion. Uh, yeah. Let's move on. Yeah, because you're just going to say, I sound like a broken record, so we're just going to move <laughs> along with 30 minutes left in the program. Uh, as we mentioned in our headlines, the World Junior has wrapped up, and we gave you the medal winners of the championship, and uh, Sweden winning the gold medal, uh, which, or not Sweden, pardon me, the United States winning the gold medal over the Swedes in the goal in the game and this again marks another one of those situations where I think it's like 11 years now that they haven't won a gold medal at the World Junior Hockey Championships they get there a lot but they're just not coming over the edge and we also mentioned that Team Canada finished in fifth place and here's a loaded question what went wrong for Team Canada this year Cam Jenkins Okay, first and foremost, we do not need to have this big conference to find out what's wrong with Canadian junior hockey. Sometimes what happens during the cycle of being 16, 17, 18 years old, however, um, and I think you can even have a 19-year-old on the team as an overager, sometimes what happens is that just during that cycle, the hockey players just aren't as good. And a team like the United States that has over 300 million people ended up having a stacked team because they're coming more and more to be one of the uh, hockey hotbeds in the United States. And they just had a better team at the end of the day. And they showed it by how they played. Um, their third line could have been the first line. And that's what we have been accustomed to in Canada. 
but we just did not have the horses to do it. I was really happy with our goaltending. I thought, you know, they did very well. Um, but we didn't have the horses on offense and or defense, except for uh, the one person, the name escapes me. I think he was number 17, um, and he was one of the underagers at 16, I believe. I think it started with an E. Oh, was it Celebrini? Yeah, Celebrini. That's the guy. Macklin yeah. Celebrini, the guy that's going to likely be number you one overall. I think he had yeah. a really good tournament. Um, but besides that, you know... It, yeah, we have good hockey players, but it just wasn't enough. Yeah, I totally okay. agree. I think basically what we ran into was we we scored against the teams that we could score against, the Latvias of the world. But when it came down to playing the Finns, the Swedes, the Czechs, whomever, we just didn't have the goal scoring prowess. Now, I don't have this in front of me, so don't quote me on this. But if memory serves me, we did not bring back very many players from previous teams. Last year's Only team one. in particular. Only one. I think that plays a major factor in this because th with any tournament play that you're going to have, if you've got experience playing in that tournament, that's an asset. And so for this coaching staff to decide, no, we're not going to bring back these these players, I, I think that played a major factor in it. Now, having said that, I'm not naive. Connor Bedard was never coming back to play in another World Junior. Same with some of the other kids that were drafted and are playing in the NHL right now. Their teams historically are not going to release them to go back and play in this tournament if they are playing meaningful minutes in the NHL. So that's fine. But I'm certain that there were other junior age players who were on the team last year that could have been released to play in this tournament that just either did not make the team or were not released to participate. And I think that's... That's the major factor. I think the times when we excel are the times when we have players who have been to multiple world juniors. I must love on today's episode riling up Cameron because... Oh, are you going to do it again? Oh, I, I, I am because I, I just disagree with you a little bit on the goaltending. I just... The fact is... Russo played every single game for Team Canada. They didn't use any of the other two goalies that showed up for the World Juniors. In fact, I can't even sit here and tell you who the other two goaltenders were because I don't know because they were not part of it. Uh, for one, I think that was a mistake that you let Russo go through all the games, I think you should have given one of your two backups a game or two to give him rest because in the quarterfinal game, he let in some goals that I would say in a normal circumstance, he should have saved. Now, having said that, I will also say to you both that part of this is due to him being tired. He played four straight games and I that doesn't happen very often in the world juniors the last guy to do it was Carey Price back when he played yeah. uh, at the world and juniors was and Price he did, as a goalie 
<laughs> and he's very good in his career. How how was he? But but let's remember Russo is undrafted. He's not drafted, so he's not. Who cares at, if he's playing well? He's playing well. Oh, uh, not well when enough to they get. They lost his, against the Americans, the Canadian team. In the in the in the pre-tournament, yes. In the pre-tournament. Oh, that's right. That was the pre-tournament, yeah. not the actual tournament. So, Canada, they won their first game, and that was against Finland. Yes. Yeah. And then their next game. It was against Sweden. Sweden. And did they win that one? No, they did not. And what was the score? Uh, off the top of my head, I, I'd like to say it was 3 nothing, somewhere in that neighborhood. Okay. So Sweden beat us, and they ended up going to the finals. Um, and losing. And then after that, uh, we beat Germany. I think it was 10 nothing. Yeah, something Germany like that. Or Latvia. I think and it was Latvia. And then we went to the quarterfinals. Yeah, because they played Sorry, Germany in, yeah, correct. at the New Year's Eve game, which was bizarre. But yeah. anyway. And they beat Germany. Yes. Yeah. So they lost one game to Sweden. That was like a 2 nothing game, maybe a 3 nothing game. They cooked everybody else they played, including Finland, who ended up making it to the... And then they ended up um, going against Czechia. And they ran into you know, a good goaltender or a good team in Czechia. Yeah. But so you don't, you don't think when you're some, playing you as well as our goalie did. Why would you change him when he, the only game he lost was a two, nothing or three, nothing game. And he played really well that game. Because historically you two goals, Brock, two goals. Historically, you give a goaltender rest in the tournament. And when it came down to crunch time, he let in a couple of goals that he probably wouldn't have if he had a little more rest. Josh, can you disagree. please wait, wait in on disagree. this? You, you want me to rescue you? Is that what you're telling me? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, <laughs> um, I was going to ask you to, to tell me what what game he played poorly in because as a goalie and Cam's been a goalie as well, sometimes you are only as good as the team in front of you. Now, um, just for reference for everybody, Canada played Finland and beat them five to two. They played Latvia and won 10, nothing. They played Sweden and lost two, nothing. They played Germany and they won six to three. They played Czechia and they lost three to two. I watched a majority of those games and I didn't see Russo struggle that much. And there are goaltenders out there that actually are hurt by rest or, or being taken out when they're on a roll. This is not a long tournament. If you can get a goalie that you can ride, you're actually, in my opinion, in a better position. So I'm sorry, Brock. I'm not. Uh, can you, since you have yeah. the schedule up there, Josh, can you let us know? Were there any back-to-back uh, games? There was yeah, one. a game on the 26th. There was a game on the 27th. There was a game on the 29th, and a game on the 31st, okay. and a game on the second. First, so one back-to-back game early in the tournament. And every t- every team would have had has one a back-to-back games. game. 
there's not like it's one one team gets a disadvantage they all have one back-to-back game and even from the semifinal to the final like the gold medal game that is also a back-to-back but both teams are in the same playing field anyways cameron please proceed we have 20 minutes left the floor is yours he said all i need to say in regards to the team canada and saying that the back-to-back happened earlier um josh just went over all of the scores and there's no sign there that he played terrible he had a good tournament so you know maybe this episode should be called ride the pony or ride the horse uh because you got to ride the pony that got you there and that's what he did so no it's actually called is sports fair which is also apropos for the conversation we're having right now oh yeah gotta ride the pony that <laughs> got you there for god's sakes and then yeah when it comes to the other teams like the americans they were by far the best team there and it showed in all four lines that they had um like i said before their third line could have been their first line um they did yeah, they just had a really solid tournament. So good on the Americans uh, for having a great tournament. And uh, yeah, Sweden as well. Um, they had a good tournament, obviously, because they got to the final as well. Um, Would have been nice, I guess, maybe if they won it because it was in Sweden. Um, but, you know, the thing I always notice is that when it's not, when this tournament is not in North America, it doesn't seem to do well Um for people watching the game there's a lot of empty seats except if it's your home team then all of a sudden yeah Yeah, the game against sweden was a was a raucous game it was it was a great atmosphere to to witness and probably only rivaled by the sweden finland game because those two teams hate each other and the the fact is too like it travels even it travels well through the canadians there was over 3500 canadians who went down to the tournament and i know that doesn't sound like a big number to those out there when you consider we fill barns that are 18 20000 seats and it's you know when it's in our home country but the fact that you had 3500 people representing means to me that it goes it carries well in Canada. It carries well in North America, as you both uh, said very well. And I think that's just part of it. Do I think that it needs to be in Canada more? Uh, certainly. But do I think it needs to be in Canada exclusively? No, no because it wouldn't be good for ju- junior hockey if you if you were to do that. Now, before we move off of the World Junior discussion and talk about the uh, football matchups, which I've been dying <laughs> to talk about, but um, do you think... At least uh, Brock and Josh will be having a little tip for tack because uh, I won't be... Because uh, of you guys and so passionate about your Bills and Dolphins, so at least I can take a whole uh, break or not get so stressed uh, from Brock hmm. trying to rile me up. Uh, it's always fun to rile, rile Cameron up. This is only episode <laughs> two of many that I will have the opportunity. Just wait till we talk about the Toronto Blue Jays <laughs> in the future. I will leave it there with our little tips. But I will ask you both, do you think with Sweden having an 11-year run now where they have not won a gold medal and they've been to the gold medal game uh, about five or six times in that 11-year run, do you think that there's pressure on a team like that even though there's so much uh turnover with teams do you think that the pressure of your nation carries over because i'm one of these people that says 
Yeah, no, I don't think it really carries over to them that much. Do you guys agree, disagree? Start with uh, Josh, give Cameron a bit of a breather, and then we'll go straight over to Cameron. My personal opinion is that, yes, there is a weight of a nation that is put on a, a team, even if the players are different. Players coming up into this tournament know their history. They know how their team has done. They're going to be well aware of the fact that they continue to win silver medals and not gold medals. And I think that the whole thing is compounded by the fact that Russia hasn't been a part of this tournament in a few years now because of the political situation and the wars going on between Ukraine and and Russia and other transgressions they've made. So really, if Sweden or Finland or Canada or the United States were going to make a move and win more gold medals, now is the time because we know that Russia is traditionally strong. Um, You were asking earlier why Canada seemed to struggle. Well, I can tell you, they do not have a scorer in the top 10 in goals. It was all... United States, Finland, Czechia, Slovakia. Like there's, there's, Macklin Celebrini was our top goal scorer with four goals. That's just at the age of 17. And yes, he's only 17. So I don't expect him to be the leading scorer for Canada. But when you are 11th in goals scored and you're the only Canadian, that's, that's not good. So as far as the question you were asking, I, I think Sweden, Finland, etc., need to make hay while the sun shines, so to speak. And there's an old farm reference for you. Um, because Russia is eventually going to be allowed back into this tournament. And when they do, they're going to have something to prove. So, yeah. I think it does have an effect in terms of the, uh, the 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 weight of a country, but on an individual player, maybe not so much. But definitely, when you come into Team Sweden, for example, you're going to know that it's been 11 years since you've won a gold medal, and you're going to know that your goal, as if anybody should have to tell you this, your goal is to win gold. And they also had a 54-game round-robin winning streak in that same uh, span of time. So they would win all their games in the round-robin and then just totally not uh, succeed in the quarter quarterfinals, semifinals, and finals. Cameron, before we move on to the uh, NFL, uh, what say you? Is there added pressure with Sweden? Oh, 100%. When you are the home team... Um, there's a lot of added pressure when you're the home team. Um, and Sweden is, uh, I would say, is a hockey country as well. So there's added pressure. Like Josh said, if you haven't won a medal in 11 years or, you know, whatever Josh had a said. A gold medal. A gold medal in 11 yeah. years. Um, the weight of the country is on your shoulders. You know, every player would know that that was the statistic and that they want to win a gold medal. Um and you know to have such so much pressure for a 17 18 19 year olds um that's a lot of pressure um to put on 17 18 19 years old and 
you know, you see it when the gold medal um, happens, whomever receives it, whoever that silver medal team is, you look at their faces and they're so devastated. And some of them it's don't actually, necessarily yeah. act um, well in the moment by throwing a, a medal over the boards or over the glass um, because you're so disgusted that you didn't win and it wasn't a gold medal. And I think this year uh, somebody wanted, um, like a player just wanted the person to place it in their hand and the person was like, no, take your helmet off and put it over your head because you're going to regret this um, if you don't do that. So then the person uh, ended up doing that. I uh, forget what team that was with, but uh, I know that happened as well. So, um, yeah, the country um, is the weight of the world on the shoulders of the uh, kids that are playing. Um, some, obviously, uh, more countries than other. Um, Sweden, Canada. Um, I'm wondering if the States is starting to feel the weight um, as well, the States. Uh, because they're becoming just better and better as well. But uh, And then Russia, you put them back into the mix. Man, without being out of the tournament for so long, they're going to be just raring to go. Um, and I think they're going to have a whatever tournament they do end up being back at, I think they're going to have a phenomenal tournament. Yeah, they are. And, I mean, U.S., they might have been feeling it, you know, um, going into this. But now that they won, it's, you know... I think they're going to be okay. I I would think that they're going to build into next year being uh, even better uh, for them because uh, they're going to be able to bring back possibly like as between six and nine players uh, they can bring back. The likelihood of them bringing them all back is not likely, but it is a potential as we often discuss with the World Junior Hockey Championship with it being uh, such a... Um, age-focused tournament but enough on the world juniors as i have some stuff to say on the nfl and uh, i i think it would surprise a lot of people what i have to say and that is the fact that the um buffalo bills and the miami dolphins uh competed for the afc uh east title uh sunday evening and my bills somehow came on top with this as a as a, the score it was 21 uh, 14 and it was kind of a game where uh, both teams were kind of uh, working through it and they got it the bills got it done but i need to see a lot of things change from the buffalo bills i'm seeing a lot of uh, old habits continue with the the bills and um it's something that i want to see uh, be different and yeah I just I think a lot of people are saying oh I wouldn't want to play the Bills sure I wouldn't want to play them either but it's also there's some of those fundamental things that you need to change and Josh Allen continues to throw three interceptions and I don't care who you play you cannot have interceptions in the playoffs because teams are just going to eat it for lunch and score their points Josh you're a uh, Miami Dolphins fan uh, what say you, not only about yes, yesterday as we record this, but going into the playoffs for your Dolphins? I really felt as though Buffalo and Miami had a chance to make the year interesting. I had a feeling that they were going to battle each other for position. I didn't necessarily think it was going to be 
first in the division, but I was very happy that it was. Um, I think we... I think we lucked out a little bit in terms of the Aaron Rodgers factor. He was supposed to have been with the Jets and was supposed to have made them a better team. But, of course, he blew his Achilles in the first game of the season, and that sunk the Jets for the rest of the, the year. I think had Miami been able to dress Jalen Waddell and Xavier Howard and Bradley Chubb, then the game might have been different. I think had they had those players, Miami would have stood a much better chance, particularly on the defensive side of the ball. I felt like Josh and the Bills were able to really kind of dissect the Miami defense quite a bit. Um, Miami really seemed to rely on Eli Apple to uh, to kind of lead their defense. And Eli Apple has not been sort of top of the pile in a bit. So we'll see how they do in the playoffs. They face Kansas City next week. And based on the way Kansas City has been playing, I think they have a shot. But I will feel a lot more confident if the Chiefs defense has to worry about Hill a-Chain and Jalen Waddle than if they just have Hill and A-Chain. On the defensive side, I don't know how much of a chance we have because Patrick Mahomes seems to pull miracle games out of different places. And I won't <laughs> go any further on that. Um, a double dollar exactly. sign. So, I mean, now that it's the playoffs, we could very well see the... Uh, the, the Patrick and Travis show in earnest finally this season. Um, but if we can get Bradley Chubb and if we can get Xavier Howard at least to a point where they can play, then I think we stand a much better chance as a team. Yeah. Uh, no, that's well said. I think that I'd like to see um, Miami. Of course you would. The then Chiefs, you don't have to so face I think them. Anybody that's. <laughs> right <laughs> then i gotta face you guys again and i don't necessarily want to do that either so it's a it's not exactly the greatest situation either way cameron i'm gonna give you the uh rundown we got just over five minutes remaining of the playoff uh picture and i want you to pick a game that you're excited to watch why or why not cleveland browns versus the, the oh, houston baby cleveland browns versus the houston texans miami dolphins versus kansas city chiefs um, Green Bay versus Dallas, L.A. versus Detroit, nope. Philadelphia versus nope. the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, or you could pick the Bills nope. and the Steelers. Which game are you looking for? That's who I'm picking. If you say the Steelers. Uh, Buffalo Bills against uh, the Steelers. You got my uh, two good buddies, a uh, friend of the show that's been on the show before, uh, Ryan Bennett and he's a buffalo bills fan and um i think another friend of the show i yeah. think he was on our show he before uh, mr kyle petty and uh he is a huge pittsburgh steelers fan so 
um they're not going to watch the game together but <laughs> i would just love to like throw them in kyle's basement and watch them watch the game and just see how it goes because um uh, kyle he is a huge steelers fan like the boy i ended up texting him uh the day where pittsburgh needed that win to you know or else they wouldn't make the playoffs i texted him in the morning that boy and he never replied back until the <laughs> pittsburgh game was done and they had won and then he chose to reply back to me the boy will not text me during the game he may he might if i'm lucky text me um during halftime to say what's going on but if pittsburgh's losing oh no 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 he will not be texting me so I'm just really excited to see that game, um, just to see how Ryan and Kyle are going to react. But I know with Ryan, it won't matter. I'll text him and he'll text me back. But I uh, will not uh, get a response back from Kyle until the game's over. And even if the Pittsburgh loses, then I, I won't be texting him. I'll wait a couple of days and wait for him to mm. call me or text me because he'll be so pissed. Mm. So that's the game I'm looking uh, forward to, and it might be, um, you know, cynical on my part, or I, I, cynical is not the right word to use, but <laughs> I'm just looking for explosions and see what happens. Uh, Josh, uh, what would be your pick aside from the Miami Dolphins game? I'm going to pick one that's not the Buffalo Bills. So what would be your pick? For me, I'm going to go with the one that I call the Stafford Bowl. That would be the LA Rams versus the Detroit Lions. Matthew Stafford is the quarterback of the LA Rams. He was formerly the quarterback of the Detroit Lions for many years. And so I'm I'm looking forward to seeing if he and the, the Rams can torch his old team and show Jared Goff why he got traded to Detroit. But on the other hand, Detroit has been very good this year. So they Yeah, they, they were first in the NFC. First in the North. Yep, first in the and NFC North. So when has that happened? They've sucked for years. Not in twenty some years, exactly. exactly. So I'm excited to see how that one goes. Well, I'm gonna uh, make our other colleague really happy, and I'm gonna pick the Green Bay Packers and the Dallas ah. Cowboys. I really want to see is Jordan Love who we all are led to believe he should be. Uh, let's see. Uh, I want to see him take on Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys and I think that's going to be a real good game all of these games are going to be good but uh, that's that's my pick uh, aside from my home uh, fandom of the Buffalo Bills I'm really looking forward to the Green Bay Packers and Dallas Cowboys well uh, gentlemen that is the end of our program for this week I'd like to thank Josh Watson, Cam Jenkins. I'd also like to thank our technical producer, Mark Aflalo. I'd also like to thank the Ontario Para Network for their sponsorship. We will talk to you next week. Be safe, be well.